Back inside Black and Gold, Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Now we're getting into someone who had a very interesting media availability this week, and it was great talking to Alvin Kamara in the locker room. One, because he's so personable. Two, because he's basically told us he is good to go and play in this week even though still limited on the injury report with that rib injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I think everybody knows me. I, I think the main thing for me is just being able to help the team in any way I can. So um, physically, if there's a time where I feel like I can't do that, then, you know, I can't I can't be out there because the worst, the, the last thing I want to do is, is um, negatively impact the game, you know. So uh, just being all the way healthy and, and available – on Sundays, that's my, my biggest thing. So that's why, I mean, obviously last week was kind of up in the air, didn't go. Um, this week I'm feeling great, healthy, um, ready to roll. So I'm be out there. He's got that yeah. infectious smile, I feel like, that's very similar to Zion Williamson's. Yeah, he's just so good. You know, he's fun to talk to. He makes you feel better about this team when you talk to him. Like, you forget that this is a team that's just been miserable to watch. And um, even in, a, in that big group setting, you still feel like it's you're one-on-one with the guy. He's Yeah, he's just really great, and that's why I think he's even won the uh, Media Appreciation Award from the uh, the writers and reporters here for, I think, the last two seasons. Right, you forget that he's like currently facing criminal charges in Las Vegas. Right? He's what? So what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. It was funny because when they still have the the plexiglass up in the in the locker room, and so there's like these plexiglass barriers between the lockers, and Fletcher Mackle from WDSU is sitting there on the opposite side of it, and Alvin's like talking to the press group in front of him, like directly in front of him, and then Fletcher <laughs> Fletcher just starts talking to him from behind the glass. It almost looked like a prison phone call, right? Oh, totally. Absolutely, right? <laughs> I think I thought the same thing. Yeah, Alvin starts knocking on the glass. It was very funny. Nothing, no content there. It was just a very funny moment. But yeah, and I feel one of the things he said was he thinks he probably came back a little too early when he came back in week three against the Panthers. And I feel a little vindicated in that because one of my main observations off the game was he didn't look right. Like he was out there, he played, he did what he could. But there were moments in that game you're like, that's not that's not Alvin. Like that's not the dominant Alvin Kamara that's gonna lead you to wins. Like it's gonna that's gonna tilt this game in the Saints' favor, right? That fumble very much looked like a guy who was like, ow. <laughs> you know, it just it yeah. takes your attention away for a second and then you're just not right. That fumble, the little drop he had at the end of the first half, you know, where he just kind of fluttered and he just didn't catch it. You know, these are plays that it's like, oh, you know, if you're if you're like when you're normally 100% locked in, you're like 93% locked in because your rib is just aching, right? Like you can see you could see that happening a little bit, I think. And it was similar to what you saw at the end of the 2019 season when he was, you know, we learned later on he was playing on a torn MCL and he had similar, like he was limited. And you saw that in week three. He didn't play in week four. He will play in week five if I, you know, I would be stunned. I would be stunned if Jameis and Mike T get out there. I would be right. stunned if my Alvin Kamara isn't out there for week five. And hopefully he said he's feeling good, right? It's a rib cartilage injury. It's kind of weird. He said there's nothing you can do for it. Sometimes you wake up and you're All feeling right. great. Sometimes you're feeling terrible. And, you know, hopefully it's a case where you get the 100% Alvin Kamara because as we've seen in these matchups with the Seahawks the last couple of years or the last three years, He's a dominant factor in those matchups, right? We saw last year, he, I think he had 10 catches in the first half 
making teams have to account for him, that changes the game. No, and that's what I thought was going to be a big X factor for the game against the Vikings. I felt like the Saints really needed him as part of the offense to get things cranked up. And when that didn't happen, it was definitely disappointing. But glad to see that week of rest helped him out because, yeah, he he mentioned a few times that he's ready to go. And even the fact that he's going to have some extra padding uh, for that rib area. And you just hope that it doesn't impact his running anyway, that his, you know, you see him more confident as a runner even too. I agree that game against the Panthers, he just wasn't the AK we're used to seeing. And I got to imagine that's weighing on your mind. Like we saw, we've seen with Jameis Winston when he had some green in front of him able to run and he kind of was hesitant to step forward for those yards and just throwing the ball away instead. But yeah, Alvin Kamara, you, you need this guy to lead the offense right now, especially with Michael Thomas still out with that foot injury, AKA a toe injury. I don't know why they put it as a foot, but we know it's a toe issue. Uh, Right now, the the stud of this offense has definitely been rookie Chris Olave, but a, a presence in your running game like an Alvin Kamara that can you know take take the ball on the ground and also catch the catch passes f- from whoever's that quarterback is going to be so vital for this offense because yeah you have to account for him everywhere he's on the field. Alvin Kamara, aka the X Factor, always you like it, yes. um, yeah and. So I want to kind of get into this a little bit, but this is actually based on the question that Fletcher asked him, which is, you know, if Alvin does make play this game and Andy Dalton starts, that'll be a six different quarterback since the end of the 2020 season, right? You had Drew Brees, then you had Jameis, then you had Trevor Simeon, then you had Ian Book, because Alvin was one of like the few Saints players that actually did play against Miami in that game. And then it would be Andy Dalton would be this number six. And it's kind of asked about, you know, that's 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 weird, right? Th- six different quarterbacks in three seasons, you know that that changes the dynamics, right? We talked to Pete Carmichael today, and it was like, you know, he kind of downplayed the idea, but like when you have Jameis Winston out there versus Andy Dalton, your play calling changes, your scheme changes, the defenses you're facing change. Like you're going to see a lot more cover too because they know that they can just compress everything you're not gonna try to beat him over the top but this is what this is what alvin had to say and he had a really funny line about andy Dalton. and it's just you know finding the rhythm finding that comfort with with a new quarterback you know sitting there taking snaps but i think um with Jameis and and andy i mean both talented quarterbacks both can get the job done i mean obviously we saw andy last week you know he was able to get in there and he looked comfortable he was able to um deliver some good throws um you know, we got a little bit off schedule with some penalties again, some turnovers. I mean, he turned the ball over. You know, I know he's more critical of himself than we are. You know, he 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 obviously wants that back. But, you know, um, just what, like you said, over the past few years, just having that many different quarterbacks and, you know, just with that you have, you know, okay, we got to play to – sometimes you, you're playing to uh, a guy's strengths and, you know, some guys might not be able to do what, you know, another guy does. Like Taysom, he's really good with, you know, getting getting – yards with his on the uh, on the ground with his feet you know Andy we saw last week he couldn't get it done <laughs> he pulled the ball and tried to run he got caught I was like oh my I didn't talk to him about that yet but Andy you slow as hell <laughs> but uh you know it's just it's just playing trying to find a way to play the uh guy's strengths and I mean that's all across the board you know um from for every position you know playing it playing in the strengths but uh we find a way to get it done you know everybody got to uh pick up the slack wherever that may be and we just keep rolling it's football yep 
Andy Dalton. A stud on the field and a stud in an interview. The guy's awesome. Yeah. Well, and so if you're if you're not familiar with what he's referring to there, that was that zone read action in the second half where Andy, you know, it, to his in defense, Daniel Hunter was ignoring him completely. He was like, there is 0% chance Andy Dalton pulls that ball out and tries to outrun me to the end zone. Well, lo and behold, Andy Dalton pulled the ball and tried to run. And you could see it almost worked. Like Daniel kind of stumbled as he was like, he was like, oh, God, you know, and he's obviously chased Andy Dalton down because he can move at like three times the pace of Andy Dalton. It was like, it was like a gazelle trying to run down like, like a possum. Like it was, it was like, oh no, it's gonna happen. Kamara's not helping Dalton's Madden rating. They're gonna end up dropping it after hearing that. Well, they're definitely gonna drop his speed score. Yeah, because Andy Dalton has a seventy-three speed rating in Madden. I think that's generous. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, you know, the the more serious element here is it, you know when we, if Andy Dalton does start in this game and Alvin Kamara does play, which is both looking likely, which looks likely, yeah, yeah. You're going to come out of it, and if you are looking for ammunition for why Andy Dalton should continue to be the starter over Jameis Winston, and I'm not saying that should be the case. I'm just saying if you're looking for ammunition, if you're looking for a talking point to make that argument, it will be Alvin Kamara was used in the passing game the way he should have been being used in all of Jameis's starts. Hallelujah. Like we know that Andy's not going to push the ball down the field, and I think that's actually hurting them from an offensive perspective because teams are going to sit on routes. And we saw that against the Vikings. That's why Cam Dantzler should have had two picks that he didn't have, and that would have changed the game. We, you know, we, we'd be talking about Andy Dalton much differently if Cam Dantzler had intercepted one or both of those passes. But anyway, let, let's just kind of scroll yeah, back that's around. Easy, that's easy to forget about because when you said that, my eyes were just like, oh yeah, right. And it's like it, it's. It's something that, as you face better defenses, is going to be an issue. If they are able to sit on routes because they don't believe that you're going to try to beat them over the top, it's what teams were doing to Drew Brees the the last couple years of his career. But Alvin Kamara, in the two games he's played, 11 targets, 5 catches, 19 receiving yards. Last year against the Seahawks, he had 10 catches for 121 yards. Like That's how you need to use Alvin Kamara. And if you are not, then that's the argument that I would make is Jameis has had ample opportunities to show that he can incorporate your best offensive player into the game the way he needs to be, and he has not been able to do it. Now, obviously, Alvin's been hurt. Alvin's missed two starts, so there hasn't been a ton of opportunity this season, right? You're only talking about week one and week three. Um, week one, you were playing from behind the whole way. You know, it's, it is what it is. But And then week three, Alvin was limited. But right. like that's to me, that Until is the big thing. Right. If you were Andy Dalton and you are able to use Alvin Kamara and in a way that influences winning, then then that's the that's an argument that I would actually look at and be like, yeah, that's a good point. Like I'm not I can't refute that. Um because I don't think that Andy Dalton should continue to be the starter. But if he's able to use Alvin Kamara and Jameis is not, that's all I got. There's no doubt. You, everyone knows who the top offensive weapon is on this squad, and getting AK involved in not just handing the ball off to him, but like you mentioned with the passing game, if it's just something that that's not Jameis's strong point, and we've seen that, you know, with with running backs, even the tight end group seems to be on the MIA missing an action list when Winston's in the game, 
And I don't know if that was necessarily the case, though, when he was in Tampa Bay. I don't think it was either. This is assuming that Andy utilizes him better, right? If he doesn't, then I'm start to then you start to question Alvin. <laughs> Because you've had multiple multiple guys and one who's gonna, you know, it's like I I would be stunned if if Alvin isn't peppered with targets with Andy Dalton in there, and that's more out of necessity than anything else. But I'm okay with Alvin getting used out of necessity, right? I'm not okay with him getting pounded between the tackles twenty times a game. Because exactly, if that's the case, then you should have signed Latavius Murray to the active roster and traded Alvin because. That's not how he should be being used. And that's the frustrating thing. It's like, I want to see Chris Olave getting these targets downfield, but I also want to be see Alvin getting the ball in space. And you haven't seen that. Yeah, and uh, another one that sh- looks like he's on track to be in the game this week is Jarvis Landry, which is getting more and more weapons back for this offense that desperately needs to start get- getting things going, not only just uh, in entirety, but also we got to get some points in the start of games. I feel like it's been forever since – the Saints have scored a touchdown to, in the first quarter. Yeah, they have 17 points total in the first half of the first four games. That's, that's not going to get it done. That's an average of less than five points in the first half uh, this season. But fun fact, Jarvis Landry, one of the few Saints players who has not committed a turnover this season. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what I want to talk about as we close this segment out. 11 turnovers in four games. You are averaging a shade under three turnovers a game. That is the highest number in the NFL. As a defense, you have only forced four turnovers. So you are minus seven in turnover differential. Wolf. That's bad, guys. That is bad. B-A-D. And to, to worsen that, you are also second in the NFL with 36 penalties, and you are first in the NFL in penalty yardage against at about 391. How is this you know, team not 0-4, you know? Right. Like, we can talk all we want about the things the Saints need to do better on offense, why this isn't working, why that isn't working, blah, 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 blah. If you're leading a league in turnovers and and penalty yardage, right? you're a bad football team. You're going to lose games. Like, it does not matter how talented you are. You are losing those games. And uh, this is what Alvin had to say about that. Me and D.A. kind of talked about it a little bit, but, you know, I mean, it's football. You're not going to be perfect. Sometimes some of these things are happening in practice, and, you know, I think starting with me, like, you know, I, we, we might see it in, you know, whereas I think in, in the past sometimes we, we're, we're more, I think, focused and more, I think, harder or more harsh on it than, than we have been in these past couple of weeks. So, you know, it's just it's, it starts with, you know, the captains. I mean, me being a captain of offense, Ram and Jameis and Andy, like guys like that just stepping up and being like, yo, that's not acceptable. We can't keep doing that because when we do it in practice and don't say shit, then it ends up happening on Sunday. And then, you know, it's it's not like we could redo on Sunday. You know, you end up losing. And that's what happens. We, we're losing ball ball games because of this and not staying on schedule because of that. So, um, you know, I think just got to be more vocal and be more <laughs> attentive and and, and – basically just more detailed when it comes to things like that, like those pre-snap penalties and just penalties, period, mistakes. I'm glad you played that because, to me, that's a huge bite there that really directs a lot of what's going on to the coaching staff to me because he talked about being more vocal and being you know, more on top of things, even in practice. And to me, that, that's got to be on the coaches. Well, I, I disagree with that to an extent. You know, I, I think the coaches are harping on this, but – you need to self-police as a player, right? Because the coaches aren't players. The captains need to reinforce that, right? They're on the field. If someone's screwing up, 
and you're standing next to them and you're not telling them about it because you don't feel like that's your place, then you're not doing your job as a team captain, right? And I think when you when you have a team that doesn't have Drew Brees anymore, you don't have Teron Armstead, you don't have Sean Payton, and now you don't have who a guy who most people don't appreciate this about him, but would not let you get away with anything in practice, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. If you were not doing your job right, he was going to tell you about it, right? He was going to make sure you knew that you that you messed up something, right? And and it probably is, you know, one of the reasons guys wanted to punch him in the face. Hmm. But that's also value. That's valuable. And you look at the list of players who have turned the ball over, right? Like this right. isn't like a special teamer that just shows up and 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 gets his hands on the ball and drops it. You have fumbles from Alvin Kamara for a touchdown. Mark Ingram, he's fumbled twice. Deontay Hardy has fumbled a kick return. Ugh. Andy Dalton has fumbled in the backfield. A majority of these have gone for points. And then you have Jameis Winston throwing five interceptions. You know, quarterbacks throw interceptions. That's not unusual, but, you know, four of them in one quarter is unusual, and that's what he had. Um, to that's me, bad. Like, when you mentioned Sean Payton there, to me, that just different personality and that more aggressive nature, nature I don't see that this kind of – issue happening under his reign uh fair to dennis allen or not but i think that right now the coaching staff has to get on these players more along with the captains policing everything well the problem is on offense you don't have sean payton and you didn't replace him right it, it, that's to me that's the tough thing where it's like we can get on dennis allen and saying that that he's not policing the players enough but he's a defensive guy right right and i just don't know you know pete carmichael he's been there forever guys respect him but is he is he a guy who have you can imagine like like tearing tearing someone a new one for a mistake? Does he seem like that guy? You know, it's like he I I don't I don't know if I've ever seen him like change his his decibel level at, at like one one centimeter up or down. Like he is very even keeled, and I think he's probably like an an offensive just wonderkind to an extent like he knows all of this stuff but you got to be able to communicate it and you got to be able to call people out and if he's not able to do that at a level that is is solving problems and it's got to be on the captains and that's why i think i appreciate that answer from alvin Kamara because he is a respected voice in that locker room he can't stand there and be like yeah whatever like i i am a superstar i'm gonna show up and i'm gonna do my job and hopefully that's enough like he has to do more yeah. and i think he's ready to this is this is going to be a big week for a lot of reasons. And, we, you know, you mentioned his past stats against the Seattle Seahawks. This run defense is nothing special coming into this game. So hopefully uh, the Saints in Camara, Mark Ingram, Dwayne Washington, who knows? Maybe maybe Tony Jones Jr. is actually active for a game. We, we see him get some action. Maybe not. But I, I just think that, obviously, that run game has to be in full force against a weak Seattle defense to just help out a little bit, help out their quarterback, which is likely going to be Andy Dalton. I agree. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be sitting here talking about a one and four start. I might just, no. I, might just I might just mothball this podcast. We, we, <laughs> we heard the Cajun Cannon Bobby Abear say this week, if they lose to Seattle, he might retire. So, yeah, there's, there's so much going on with this game. I think everybody's on that brink where – they're they're hungry. They're desperate. They're salivating for that win right now. I really did thought it was think it was going to come in London. Oh, so close to heading to overtime. Oh well, but you know, moving forward, these next two games at home are so crucial. Just because you are at home, and 
Uh, I think we talked about it before, too. It's like this was supposed to be the quote-unquote easy part of your schedule. It's just going to get more brutal from here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been four days, and I'm still not convinced Will Lutz kick isn't going in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm seeing the post game, the the post video reaction. You know, obviously you don't see everything, but the Dennis Allen, you know, hands in the air is gut wrenching to watch as that double doink is going on. Well, that slow motion replay. Oh. It's like you watch it, you know what's going to happen. And you're like, that ball's going in. It has yeah, to. How is it, doesn't it? The physics don't make sense. If, just, if that game good... was in America, that would have gone in. Everything's backwards in London. That's why. It, that's why it stayed out. I right? like it. It's the, we'll go with the, that, the, right? You know, the, the equator and the the prime meridian or whatever it is. I don't. I don't know. I think. I think I'm onto something. Like you know, <laughs> the water swirls the opposite direction. Is that true? Right. Is that actually so? Did the ball? That, wait. That's that's not that's not in London. No, that's I like didn't. And you know what? The the definitely the toilet in my hotel room. There was like a waterfall of water coming down to push all my excrement out out the other uh, i was imp- i was impressed don't say excrement the- on this podcast that <laughs> i you can curse all you want if you say excrement one more time i am canceling you from this podcast I, I was just impressed with the water pressure in the shower and on the toilet i guess good to know that's that's yes. in case any of our any of our our avid listeners were wondering steve geller was very satisfied with the water pressure of his toilet in, in, amen in yeah, and the water, he doesn't know whether it's swirled the wrong direction. They definitely drive on the wrong side of the road. But we're back now. Hopefully those kicks go through back here in the States. You have been listening to Inside Black and Gold, the only podcast where we talk about excrement, at least the only Saints podcast where we talk about it. Stick around. We're going to have Bob Condota, Seahawks reporter for the Seattle Times, going to break down a lot of what we can expect to see against the Seahawks in Week 5. Hopefully it's a Saints win. Stick around on Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to rate, subscribe, leave a review wherever you get your podcast. This is brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Let's do it.